All right, all right. Welcome to another episode of English and Coffee. How are we doing out there tonight? You know what it is. It's Saturday. Time to record the podcast. We have the mic in a different placement tonight due to the fact that we're going to have our hands full with a few things. I got some french fries along with my coffee, so I'll be munching on some fries while I'm talking to you about a book that I recently completed. It's called The Fountainhead. I believe I mentioned it before, talked about it. It's an audiobook that I listened to by Ayn Rand. Solid book, amazing characters. It's one of those books that you just can't put down. Once you start it, you want to listen to it all the way through. Well, I did anyway, personally, from my own experience. But if you enjoy a good book with depth of character, characters that jump off the page or jump off the audio, where you can mentally see the images, her writing is amazing. She has several other books that I'm going to look into. But for now, tonight, we're going to talk about The Fountainhead. So, as I said, I have some fries, so you may hear some, some rumbling in the back as I pull my fries out. You know, the, the best fries are the fries at the bottom of the bag. Eat one or two of them here to start it off. Now, why am I doing it like this? I'm doing it like this because if you were with a friend at the cafe, or you went to America or some English-speaking place, you guys are going to sit down around food, you're going to sit down around your coffee, whatever you have going on. So, it won't always just be pure audio. You may hear some interruptions, things in the back. That's why I try to give you guys the most authentic experiences possible. Like, we're sitting down face-to-face -face right now, and I'm getting ready to babble on about this book. I'm excited about it. I just called you up and said, hey, let's meet down at the cafe. Let's get some fries and have a coffee, and let's talk about this book, The Fountainhead. You say, okay, you hop in your car, you hop on the metro, you take a cab, whatever, you meet me there, and here we are. So, let's go ahead and... Take this customary sip, this iced coffee filled to the brim. I took one sip of it, but I mean, we have a whole cup of coffee here. We've got some hot fries as they're getting warmer by the minute. We're going to get into it. If you've already listened to The Fountainhead or read The Fountainhead, then you already know this is going to be a good one. Let's go. Had to pause for the cause for a quick second. You know, there's always some riffraff that comes on just as soon as we hit record, but that's what it is. We can't control everything except ourselves, right? So, The Fountainhead. What is the book about? See, I don't want to ruin the book for anybody that's curious about it, anybody that may listen to it. So I'm going to tell you about the characters, but first I'll tell you what the book's about. The book's about objectivity, being objective to what's going on. Basically, having a vision, having a plan, having a vision and not being corrupted by others. And this is explained throughout the characters and their interactions in the story. So the main character of the book is a man by the name of Howard Rorick, right? That's a strong name, Rorick, right? This guy, I don't know what it is about him, right? But he has a vision, he's an architect, right? He's an architect, he has a vision. He understands how he wants things to be. His buildings, his plans, his life, he understands what kind of lines he wants, what he doesn't want, and he will not bend or yield to anybody else's desire, right? It's just like you. If you say, you know, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to be a doctor, a medical doctor, family doctor, children doctor, whatever specific doctor you want to be, and that's your vision. But everybody around you is telling you, you can't make it. You don't have enough education. Your family doesn't have enough standing in the community. You're, you're lazy. You're this. You're that. Everybody's against you. But you have your vision. You say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die trying to achieve my ideal life. I'm going to 
die trying to be my ideal man or woman, right? You have your idea of what you want for yourself, and that's it. You set out the door, and you don't stop. That's Howard Roark. But then you have people like Peter Kensington, right? This guy, this guy is a character. Of course he is, but he's a character. You would, you know a guy like Peter Kensington. You probably know someone like Howard Roark, right? But Howard Roark is a rare breed. You could strive to be like him, but many people won't come close to his his aptitude, just his level of understanding of self. But Peter Kensington, right? Peter Kensington is this guy who thrives on the attention and affection from others. He needs the approval from other people to feel good about himself. He's not someone who can make a masterpiece in the dark. Let's say you paint. You know, you're at home, you're painting your Mona Lisa, right? You're Van Gogh. And, you know, these, these artists, they did these things for themselves. They didn't do it to please other or Starry Night. Like he didn't make Starry Night to say, oh, the world's going to go crazy about it. No, he made it because that's what he wanted to see. That's Howard Warwick's thinking. But Peter Kensington, he needs to make the Mona Lisa and he needs people to tell him that it's good. He needs people to say, oh, it's a beautiful painting. Oh, it's the best painting in the world. He needs somebody to read Harry Potter, right? Rorick can write Harry Potter and put it on the shelf and be happy if no one reads the book because he wrote the book as it was intended to be written. Peter Kensington needs people to read the book and tell him that he's the best writer on the world. See the difference? You know people like that. You probably have friends in your circle, people that you've come across that just need the approval of others. Sometimes it could be sickening to be around those types of people because they're draining. They're very draining. They're no, they don't have any self-sustaining energy. They need the energy of others, the feedback from others. Most of the time you find this in high school. People are looking for approval. Maybe at, at times of development in one's life, we all play the Howard Rorick. We all play the Peter Kensington and a few more characters that we'll get to in the story. But for right now, Peter Kensington, he's somebody that needs the approval of others to feel good about himself. Then, then you have Dominique. Dominique is one of the greatest characters that I've read about in a story. She's a female character. Of course, Ayn Rand wrote the story. So she has this air about her, right? Top of the shelf, you know, everything perfect to the nines, hair perfect, face perfect, voice perfect, does all the right things, says the right thing, smiles the right way, doesn't smile too much, smiles just enough, doesn't look too intimidating, looks sexy enough, but doesn't look weak. She just has that perfect balance. But the thing is, it's all an act. It's all a delicate act that she has perfected over time to deal with the BS of society. Because for a woman, a lot of times, you know, they're wanted to be you have to be this woman you have to be this woman you have to be this woman so she devised a way to be every woman to every man with just 10 men looking at her at one time she looks different to all of them just by how she poises herself how she leans her head turns her head what she says what she doesn't say so she turns men to putty in her hands right all she has to do is walk in the room and men just cower before her presence her beauty You'll have to excuse the uh, firecracker in the back. That was somebody, I guess, who just got a motorcycle. But she, you know, commands attention with just her presence walking in the room. Maybe you've been at a party, sitting there, a bunch of pretty girls or cute girls in there, and then this one girl comes in and everybody's head turns like, oh my God, who is this woman, right? Or ladies, maybe you've been at the mall, you know, you're checking out guys, and they're walking around, and then you just see this tall 6'3", dark features, you know, 
the, the, the dark eyes. I mean, he's just got it all together and he's just like ripped and you're like, oh man. So this, this person embodies Dominique, just the appearance. Now inside, inside, this woman is locked away. You may grasp her beauty. You may see her beauty, you may enjoy her voice, but her, where she is, is not there. She is in a whole nother realm. She is not there. It is all a facade. It is all an act. But out of choice, she could easily turn to any one of those people that she portrays. But she decides to only share that innermost self with someone worthy of her. That's why I respect Dominique. That's why I enjoy Dominique. And as you'll see, her and uh, <coughs> Mr. Mr. Rorick have a lot in common. They have a lot in common. Now, there's another character in this story, Mr. Tui. Tui's one of those characters. In the beginning of the book, oh, I was enjoying some Tui. I loved some Tui. I said, Tui is that dude, because Tui has a way with words. Tui understands the power of voice. Tui understands that he can inspire people, he can lift people, he can help people with his words. He has made several connections, developed several healthy relationships, with people based on what he has said. He is not the most powerful man. He's not the strongest man. He's not the tallest man. He's not the prettiest man. He's not the wealthiest man. But he knows how to use words. And words are powerful. We've talked about the power of words before. Just like right now, we're on this, this podcast, right? I'm talking to you. I'm inspiring people right now. Some people are feeling like, hey, let me, let me work on my English. Some people are like, hmm, maybe I need to back off the English. Whatever. But Listening to me as we're exchanging ideas. It's in audio form, but as you're listening to this, your mind is taking this information in. Maybe even information that you're not even thinking that you're absorbing right now. You're like, okay, it's just English, but here we are talking about the fountainhead. So if you listen to this and then go read the fountainhead, you were inspired to read the fountainhead based on what you heard. So this will always try to give positive quality information. But Tui, Mr. Tui, Tui is a manipulator. Tui has learned the dark arts of communication. Tui uses his voice, his platform, his stage, his persona, his prestige, his presence to control and manipulate others that have what he wants. Tui will not go out and make a million dollars. Tui will use his words to meet a millionaire and make the millionaire spend a million dollars on what he wants. That's Tui. Tui is like a, like a disease, like a plague. He comes in and he just exudes his nasty web through everyone, into everyone, and makes it all interconnected till it's just this, this mess of chaos that makes people unrecognizable to themselves. Who you were before you met Tui is not who you're going to be after you leave Tui, or Tui leaves you. Tui will drain you dry just like a spider. But you don't know you're being drained. You don't know you're being drained. That's how crafty Tui is. Tui's the type of, type of guy, if you were walking down the street and you were like, man, my house is 25 miles away, no money in your pocket, you have to get home, things are crazy, stress is going on, you meet Tui, Tui gives you a ride, gives you some money, puts it in your pocket, you're like, Tui's a good guy. Tui comes by regularly, checks on you, gives you money, talks to you, gets you on your feet, gets you a job, 
And then the next thing you know, so he sits there and he says, you know, there's this children's fund over here that um, everybody's donating $100,000 to. And now that you've built yourself up to a certain level, you know, I've, I personally have helped you too. He says, I personally have helped you gain this money, gain this status, gain this fame. You have a happy home. You have kids. You have a family. You didn't have any of this before I met you. Tui reminds you with this. And he says, you should take not just $100,000, but you should take $300,000 that you've saved, right? Because you've saved it for your own selfish or personal interest, whatever you have. And you should invest it in this to use your money because he wanted to invest the 300,000, but he's not gonna do it, he's gonna use your money. So he's gonna build you up to the point that you have the money and then take your money and have you spend it. Now, after you've spent the money, how do you feel? You feel used, you feel dirty, but you've been listening to Tui this whole time, so he has guilted you into believing that you couldn't be what you became without him. That's Tui, right? That's Tui, a dirty, a dirty man. Now, the interesting thing that happens with these characters in the story, there are many, many other surprising characters in the story. I'm not going to ruin it for anybody who's going to listen. But the interesting thing with this story is how these characters interact with each other, how they play off of each other. Because on the one hand, Rorik is the control. Rorik, I mean, you could put Rorik on the left side of the table Tell him this is his space, and he will be on the left side of the table if you come back 25 years later. Peter, you put him on the table, he's going to go wherever people are looking. You know, like puppies in a pound. Three dogs in a kennel, people come in, which dog are they going to adopt? And Peter's the one that's jumping. He's the one that's jumping, trying to get everybody's attention, tail wagging, you know, tongue hanging out his mouth. Rorik, he's the one over there, standing proud, or sitting calmly in the corner he's not going to jump through your hoops he's not going to jump through your hoops he doesn't care what kind of games you have he knows what he wants what kind of owner he would want right so he's going to sit there and wait for the right owner that realizes the quality that he possesses and that's who he'll gladly go with dominique she's indifferent to the whole matter she doesn't care because she can be any dog if you want her to jump she will jump if you want her to wag her tail she'll wag her tail tui tui's the manipulator Tui, if he was the fourth dog in the kennel, he would sit there and look at the reaction of the, the people coming in looking to adopt the dog. He would look at their reaction based on Peter's jumping around, based on Rourke's stoicism, based on Dominique's indifference. And he would appeal to the person looking to adopt the dog's um, emotional side. He might whimper. So if Peter's happy, Rourke's stoic, Dominique's indifferent, he might be the dog whimpering because he just noticed the way you came in, how soft you were. Maybe you looked hurt. He would tap into that emotional side and he would use that whimper to take advantage over the other dogs in the kennel and then to take advantage of you. Because every time that you didn't do what he wanted to do, he would whimper. Then he would have you eating out of his hand. Now he is the dog that has you eating out of his hand. There are people like that. There are people like that in the world. But the book itself, amazing. I recommend it to anyone, whether English is your first language, second language, third language. It can be found on YouTube. I will put the link in the, um, the transcripts for those of you that can't find it. It's by Ayn Rand, The Fountainhead. Uh, if you were to read the book, it's about 612 pages. The way they did it is, you know, through several writings, 
that she's done and they kind of put it together in a collection to put it in the book. That's why it's all kind of disjointed. It goes forward. It goes backward. You learn about the individual colors, uh, characters. You learn about Rourke's history. You learn about Tui's history. You learn about Dominique's history. You learn about her father. I mean, there's so many people in this book. And there's a um, court hearing. I mean, it's, it's a, I'll say it's a love story. It's a love story. It's a tragedy. It's a story of triumph. All of this at the same time. I mean, you would swear you were sitting down to a movie just by listening to it. Just by listening to it. It's probably take you 25 hours to listen to the whole thing. Probably take you about 25 hours to listen to the whole thing. But it will be 25 hours worthwhile. Right? Now, what did I take from this book? What did I get from this book? The reason I read this book, right, listen to this book, was because it was a recommendation from someone else. A recommendation from a trading community that I, you know, look to for information, insights, tidbits to help me with my trading. One of the guys in there recommended that book. I listened to the book, blown away, blown away. Because Howard, for me, Howard Rourke is that dude. You can't do anything with him. You can't do anything with him. He is just that dude. Like, just the way he enters the situation, the way he speaks his mind, he's not apologizing for any of it. He just says it like it is. Not rudely, not crass, you know, not nasty, not mean, not vulgar. He knows what he wants. He takes nothing less. He would be broke on the street walking as a bum before he took something that would compromise his integrity. A lot of people out here in the world, integrity means very little to them. You see them sell their souls all the time. And I use this as an expression. Selling one's soul, in this sense, would be compromising your moral self. Now, the challenges that a character like Rorik runs into is that it's difficult to get along with others. If you're around a bunch of people pleasers, they want to make people smile, they want to make people laugh, and here you are, don't care about it, because you only want to make yourself laugh, and you see your vision, and you're not going to play games just because other people want you to dance through, through hoops and do all this stuff like that. It's going to be very difficult to get along with those people. Now, if those people are the ones in power, the people pleasers and the two E's of the world, it's going to be very difficult. But in the end, you'll be happier with yourself because you maintain your integrity. That's like people who go out here and um, maybe the holistic people who have a spiritual quest. And there was one guy I saw a video on. He had stuck his hand up and he held it up there for years. I, I hope the guy is still alive, but for years till his arm atrophied and everything but it's up in the air he never put his hand down because that's what he chose to do and that's what he did and that's how he lived or lives with his arm in the air as his own his own protest right his own protest he just stuck his arm up and said i'm gonna keep it up there years up there and you can look at his arm and see that it's been up there for years but he chose that and he did it he didn't back down now somebody like peter situation like that he may start something put his arm up but the moment people start laughing at him and telling him that it's stupid he'll put his arm down he doesn't want to be judged by others he doesn't want to be seen as less than seen as silly he wants to do what everybody's doing he's the guy that hops on every tiktok fad that's going around you know with the tide pods or the the dance the crazy dances and stuff that they do that's peter kensington dominique like i tell you Dom dominique is a whole uh, is a is a different animal different animal Woman, I would love to meet a woman like Dominique. She is just 
I mean, there's the stuff she says. Now, I don't know if I would get the Dominique that, that she showed Rourke. I don't know if I would get that Dominique because Rourke, Rourke is very commanding. Rourke doesn't say much, but he commands a lot from others. He commands the best of them. He commands the true them. He'll let you slap him around. He'll let you say what you need to say. Get it off your chest. You just have to meet this guy. You have to meet Howard Rourke. I'm telling you. Listen to it. You know, it's great for your English. Great for your English in the fact that the author, the narrator, well, not the author, but the narrator, the guy who narrates the story, speaks in clear English, perfect, native level, nice book, colorful grammar, very descriptive. You can see it as you listen to it. It's, it's fluid. But that's my recommendation. I mean, I still have coffee here. I still have fries, but I think that was a good uh, a good rant on a good book. Couple fries. You know my fries are cold now, but it doesn't matter. I wanted to share this with you guys. Tell you about a good book. Maybe you'll get into it this weekend. And you know the transcriptions for this podcast will be on my website. So if you want to Go back and look at my commentary. I'd love to hear your commentary about the book or read your commentary about the book. So if you do listen to the book or read the book based on my recommendation, reach out to me. Let me know what you think about it. One more one more thing before I get out of here. The weather is changing. We just had the first cold snap. That's what they call it here, cold snap, when you had that first little frost blow through. Trout are running, all that good stuff in the back creeks. But with this change in the weather, as the leaves are turning brown, right? I looked out the window the other day and all I heard was California Dreaming Song because it's, it's, this is that time of year. But as the season changes, the world will change with it. Take a time to look at your goals, see where you're at. You started the year, here it is as we're closing the year. You got about what? September, October, November, December. You got about three, three and a half months left. Time to go ahead and tie up those loose ends, see where you're at, take a little snapshot, I would say if you've never recorded yourself in English, like your, your voice, how you sound, your pronunciation, or your reading, go ahead and do a snap now. Record something with your phone, your uh, computer, whatever you got, tablet. Listen to it next year this time. Read the same exact text. So I would say go ahead and find any text, right, that's challenging for you at this point. Read it, a little piece of it, maybe about five minutes, three minutes, and work on that from here to next year. And when you read it, you'll see you'll, you'll see a big gap of the difference. Because a lot of people, you know, you do stuff day to day and you're like, well, dang, I'm not really having any true change, any true progress, true growth. But just like children, you can't see them grow on the day to day basis. One day the kid's shoes don't fit anymore. One day the shoe's shirt's too small for them. You know, but the aunt or uncle who hasn't seen the kid in six months come back and say, dang, you grew three inches. The mother couldn't see it because it's happening gradually every day. So just take that with you. I enjoyed you all, and I will see you in the next one.